Comics. Movies. Music. Video games. Technology. Blu-ray. Television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. The world we know is gone. No Facebook. No Twitter. No smartphones. No podcasts. In a world ruled by the dead, we are finally forced to start living. Walking Dead TV podcast episode 119. I'm not sure what to call this episode. We just kind of were like, hey, uh, let's record an episode. There's been stuff. J- July check-in. You know. <laughs> it's our interim. It's our uh, interim terminus episode. It's our episode where we record a bunch of stuff, and then Comic-Con happens, and then we can record another episode to see how wrong we were or how much information has come out. Yeah, that, that, that plays well. People should that rolls off the tongue early. <laughs> yes. Pre Comic Con action. Are you going to Comic Con this year, Aaron? I will be down at Comic Con and based on the scheduling, which has just kind of appeared this past week in terms of what's gonna happen on what days, I think I'll most likely be able to attend the Walking Dead panel, so if I am, I'll be sure to record said panel and try to, you know, shoot the audio over to you guys real quick so we can post that on the site as well. Awesome. So we'll have first-hand, boots-on-the-ground account of what's going on at the Walking Dead panel. That's fantastic. Sure. An exclusive interview with Herschel's leg. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll, uh... <laughs> I'm excited for Comic-Con, though. I mean, they always, the Walking Dead, for the past few years, has always done a really good job of having very creative booth setups in the, the exhibition hall. They have, like, last year was the prison, and they had a whole prison set up with people as walkers inside, and you'd go in and, you'd, you know, see that and see previews from the show and everything didn't you and do that was, um a zombie survival run as well where yeah you get chased yeah, by zombies and yes yeah, so two year, two years ago now that was the walking dead escape which will be making its return to comic-con and i think this year uh, this year it's been kind of touring around the country actually where they set up an obstacle course where you run through a an obstacle course of zombies and they have it set up to look all kind of you know post-apocalyptic all messed up world and everything and there's people dressed as walkers and they're trying to you know grab onto you as you're running through this giant maze and it's essentially it's like a mud run, but instead of mud, you have zombies, <laughs> and it's nice. Uh, it's uh, it could be you know, it could be very fun or it could be terrifying. Either way, I had a lot of fun when I did it though, and I got a uh, I got a limited edition version of the the 100th issue comic one by completing said race. So it's uh, certainly worthwhile. Sweet, nice. One of these days, I'll make it back. I I really do enjoy Comic Con, the one and only time I was there. So I I hope to get back there. At some point, I, I think if I went, though, I know this is a little off topic, but um, it'll be a short show anyway. I, I think if I went back, I would probably skip Saturday um, just because it's just so insane. Certainly if you're trying to do the kind of Hall H, which is the largest hall in there, you know, kind of see the like the big movie showcases that they have or whatnot. The exhibit hall, I mean, 
it's crowded and Comic Con's crowded in general for sure. But I mean, there's lots of stuff to do. Like, there's plenty to do in the area. Yeah, all that's going yeah. on. Now, are you at the point where to get into Hall H, you pretty much have to like camp out overnight or first thing in the morning, or do you like know people that know people kind of thing, or? It's a mix of both. Either I'm getting there really early or I'm meeting people in line with, you know, some kind of dessert or breakfast treat to be like, hey, here we are, and I brought bagels or whatever, <laughs> so thanks for nice. holding my spot. Seems fair. Yeah. Well, no, we're not the only um, we're not the only Walking Dead focus show to have an interim episode. Uh, we did get a July 4th edition of The Talking Dead uh, with Chris Hardwick yes. and uh, Aisha Tyler and Scott Gimple, which was kind of interesting. Um, Scott M. Gimple. Pardon me, Scott M. Gimple, yeah. I, I I always think it's funny that Chris Hardwick always calls him Scott M. Gimple. Maybe that's just because how his credits are, but anyway, that just always makes me laugh. But I thought the show was kind of, a, the, the talking, it was kind of a mixed bag. I mean, there, there was stuff on it that was cool. It was kind of cool to, when, um, you know, um, Scott Gimple was kind of talking about the process, like, you know, like they have the roadmap, the, the 12 episode, like, you know, they have everything planned out, what beats they want to hit or whatever, but they also leave room you know, like explore different things that they might want to, you know, write about, but they have like pretty much, I think you said all the, all, all of them written except for like the last four or five, if I remember correctly. Yeah. That's what he, uh, yeah. That's how he phrased yeah. it. Yeah. Um, I thought that they was... certainly know, they certainly know where they're going. That's what he said for sure. Like he knows what the arc of the season is and whatnot, but in terms of like writing every episode out, they're almost there. And he kind of, um, in, in a weird way, kind of, you know, acknowledge that Negan will be used at some point in the, in the storyline that they're going to get to that. And he did, I also liked the fact when, well, the part when he was talking about how, you know, they, they find there are things, you know, there are story beats in the comic that end up getting translated different ways into the um, show, kind of like the Grove, you know, the, the use as the example, you know, which is kind of a, a similar thing happened in the book, but, you know, in a much different context. Um, it's certainly something we've acknowledged on this show of how the, the, the show veers in and out of what the comic timeline is, so it's... You know, it's it's mixing things up so it doesn't feel you know too easy to predict or whatnot from a person that reads the comics perspective versus a show that's doing its own thing and trying to keep itself you know fresh to an extent. Right. And I understand that they really you know can't really spoil anything or give too much away or show too much from you know the the season coming up because they have a long way to go till October and, and everything, but um. I don't know. I thought we could have gotten a little bit more than just, you know, Carol and Tyrese and, and Judith running from some walkers in the woods, you know. It's the kind of thing where I'm watching, like, you, you like, Russ, Russ told me about, or, you know, one, yeah, Russ sent the email about there's a thing going on Talking Dead, and, you know, maybe we'll check it out and talk about it. It's like, all right, like, I, but I just, I was never expecting to get anything more than, like, some kind of, like, vague glimpse of what was happening, and, like, Hardwick teasing out, but stay tuned for a special preview of season five. I'm like, this can't be anything more than like Rick walking through a shadow, or, or uh, yeah, um, Tyrese like holding a hammer while a walker approaches behind him. It's like there's nothing's gonna happen that's gonna really dictate where the season's going. That's, that was oh yeah, well I didn't expect you know anything to be you know any huge things to be spoiled, but I, thought, I maybe expected a little more than what what was given. Yeah, it's early. It'd be nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's a tough. I mean, it's a tough deal because if they show something. You know, if there's a major character death at some point, and then they show a group area or group photo or something like that, and and then somebody's missing, then people are going to speculate or, you know, maybe word gets out or something like that. It, it's They're in a tough spot. But I thought that I, I would have liked to see more. Like, if, you, if you're going to show Tyrese 
um, Carol and Judith, maybe they could have showed a little bit more. I, I don't know. I just I felt like they and, and I part of me should have known that was what they were going to do, because Talking Dead is really good about hyping up a lot of stuff. And then when they kind of let the cat out of the bag about whatever it is, it it tends to be a little underwhelming. But, you know, given the whole episode, they you know, he just kept hyping it up, hyping it up about this scene. And then we get, you know, 30 seconds of them basically hiding from walkers, which you could almost take that scene out and insert it into any other season. And you wouldn't even know. Like, I mean, there wasn't anything really specific about season five that I felt like that clip told us. Yeah. And I think the other the other thing to keep in mind of is Comic-Con is coming. And that means that the trailer for season five is going to debut. So like we're yeah. going to you know that's good. the the you know the hour after that happens and at the panel it's going to be online so it's like sure. this is this is a big teaser for what we're going to you know we're going to see plenty more of in you know like what two weeks time maybe right yeah absolutely one thing i thought was interesting is they interviewed the actor that played gareth and hardwick kind of asked him you know if he feels like gareth is closer to rick or closer to the governor and you know he said he felt like he was closer to to Rick that he feels like, you know, he, he knows, you know, he's just trying to do the right thing in his own way. So that has me really intrigued. I, I, I have a feeling that the open of season five, isn't going to go quite exactly as people think it may, that um, it may not be some kind of all out crazy battle that happens that there, um, you know, something's going to happen to maybe intervene in the middle. But, um, but that makes me more excited because I don't want to see, you know, we just came off, uh, you know, a season where, or two seasons, depending how you look at it, where, you know, the character of, of the governor was there and, you know, basically, even though he didn't start out that way, you know, became a psychopath and um, a murderer and, and, you know, just what he did to the to the group. I don't really want to see another character like that, you know, so soon. Uh, so the fact that he's more maybe more two-dimensional than, than maybe the governor ended up being, I think is probably a good thing. I think it's certainly implying that we're going to be in Terminus for not necessarily a long time, but, you know, a substantial portion of the early half of this season. Right. Um, let alone, I, I'm very curious how many people think that the kind of this, the fourth season left off on more of a, on a cliffhanger as opposed to just a setup for the next step in the show, because I really don't think we're going to pick up like a right, at the, back in the train car right away again. If anything, we'll maybe pick up a few days later with them dealing with the situation they're in and submitting to the whatever kind of enslavement they might be in or like process of ingratiating them into the to the world of Terminus or something like that. That's, that's just that's my in- thought. Interesting. I think after the half season we just got, though, we're about due for some big conflict. You know what I mean? We had that big yeah. crescendo against the governor at the prison. Everything went to hell. Now we had time where, you know, a bunch of regrouping and kind of, um, uh, you know, like a reaffirmation of these characters and all coming back to Terminus. I think I think we're about ready for another big conflict, you know, another, uh, you know, whether that's all out war against the Terminus people or not, you know, remains to be seen. But, you know, I think we're ready for a new, you know, a new villain to take the stage, as it were. I think that's what the wild card that Tyrese and Carol represent is of them being outside still yeah. and whatever kind of contact they can make with, you know, Rick and the gang while they're in, inside the walls of Terminus. That's that's what leaves me most intrigued, I guess, about where the season could be going, beyond, of course, seeing cannibal action take place. <laughs> so. Yeah. See, I, I 
it's funny you say that, Aaron, because I think it's going to pick up exactly where this season four left off. I think we're going to start in the car, but I could be totally wrong. Yeah, I mean, it could go either. I, I, I don't know where it's going. That's just that's. It, yeah, there's a lot to leave up to speculation at this point. So I'm curious where it goes. But it's just there's, if Gareth is a you know a part of the cast to a point, like it's like how, how does that work in this? So. Right. Yeah. And we still have Beth out there somewhere, allegedly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He he addressed that, didn't he? Didn't Gimple address um? Uh, he, he was he not. He was non-committal about Beth necessarily, but he he addressed the um the the where were they the mortuary I mm-hmm. guess the uh, the church they were in and how what they had like a deleted thing involving more information about the guy that was doing yeah. stuff with the, the human like this you know doing taxidermy or whatever you want to call it on the um yeah. on the the bodies that were left and still you know looked decent and whatnot. We uh... there's a little information about there. I mean, yeah. I guess I'll be curious if we'll see. That could lead us into the talk of the Blu-ray, actually, because there will be deleted scenes on there. Cool. Let's talk about it then. We get the uh, fourth season Blu-ray sitting in the, stand- the stands. You can read about it at whysoblue.com, um, one of the sites that Aaron writes for. Uh, the special edition Blu-ray looks really keen. Did you guys see that? I think there's a picture yeah. of it available on our Facebook group, actually, if you go to the Walking Dead TV Facebook group. That. The tree zombie. Yes, the wonderful tree zombie. Who could forget? The poignant character. Yeah. <laughs> it's I mean, it's certainly one of those iconic ones because, like, well, like, season two was the zombie that got the screwdriver stuck in its head, and it's like, that's just one episode. So, like, there's always, they always have that one, uh, yeah. that one special yeah, season... walker that stands out. Right. We'll just, we'll season wait three. for the 10 year anniversary of Walking Dead when we get the Buster Zombie Blu ray yeah. set for the first season, <laughs> of course. Yeah, I wonder, you know, it's it's funny because season three was obviously the, the aquarium heads. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so this one is the tree zombie. I'm curious, like, what do you think they do when this show is over and they do the ultimate set that's all inclusive? I mean, we saw Breaking Bad, they, you know, they used the barrel. Um, I'm, I'm curious what they, I mean, obviously the show still has quite a bit of life left in it, but... I'm just curious what they do as some kind of grand set piece to to house everything in it. Hmm. Maybe all in, uh, all in one big coffin. Well, maybe we haven't big... really seen coffins in this yeah, series that true. much. That's yeah. true. If anything, it'd maybe be the like prison. The prison would be cool. Maybe the, the um, like the, that that pilot episode where the with the doors that say like "Don't come in here" or whatever. Like like they like oh, dead inside. Like a, a dead disc inside. vault. Like a disc vault you open up when you open those doors or something. That'd be cool. Yeah. That'd maybe be interesting. Somebody, maybe who knows? Terminus might have some kind of memorable aspect that could make it work as a container set. Although, depending on how long the show lasts and who you listen to, physical media may be dead at that point, and it's all moot. Yeah, but as we know from The Walking Dead, the dead will rise, so we'll still get physical media. <laughs> 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 Maybe, yeah. No, maybe it will be like a walker, like it's like midsection, and you open up, it's like it's chest, and <laughs> it's like it's all that disgusting. That would be awesome. Like... <laughs> there you go. Be awesome. It was funny too how they were saying as the show's gotten more popular and they're filming around Atlanta, they had a you know they've had problems where there's just people that show up to watch them film, uh, and so he didn't come out right and say it, but it, he made it seem like to me at least that. They had to go in and maybe like digitally remove people because they were, you know, being pain in the asses and and 
you know, hanging outside of public areas or whatever, with you know, depending on which way the cameras were facing. Here comes the territory, planes and other noises and people in the background of the walking. Yeah, through. yeah. So zombie paparazzi. Something, yes. something I want to point out about Scott Gimple and Gen- Scott M. Period Gimple in general. We'll say his full name. <laughs> um, he he's very personable. I think that's something that's very clear about his personality. Like I, I yeah, I especially you know walking watching Talking Dead and just seeing how interactive he is. I can't say that Glenn Mazar. I you know I. I I remember his presence. I know what he you know, sounds like. He's got that accent and everything. It's you have a I have a feel for what Glenn Mazzara was like, but he doesn't see he, he. It seems like part of the process of these you know revolving showrunners, as it stands, is that the, the the show has finally found someone that can both you know seem to guide the series in a way that's you know proven to be effective since they're you know this season was probably more acclaimed than previous seasons, regardless of any of our thoughts on it overall. I think it's certainly reached a, p- a point where people seem very comfortable with the show. And he's a person that can kind of handle the PR aspect of it. And I think that's something yeah. that kind of is important, given how interactive Walking Dead seems, having a, you know its own talk show after the damn show airs and everything. And that's yeah. something that very much comes through, I think. Right. He's what a big I, geek. I found... Like, you can, hear, you can hear him and Aisha and uh, Chris Hardwick, they're all, you know, they have a very great rapport together, and that seems very noticeable. Yeah. Right, he won me yeah. over when he made the Lone Wolf and Cub reference. Yes, 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 yes. I was yes, like, yes. whoa, okay, this guy is a, is a real geek, okay. Yeah, yeah, definitely so. Well, I found interesting, um, we had a comment, so I posted up on the Facebook group, you know, hey, we're recording, just kind of last minute if anybody had anything. Um, and Mike Jones put up a comment asking us to if we had anything to say about the spinoff. And, I mean, we, we talked about our, you know, what we thought, think or hope or want for the spinoff series but it seems like and maybe there'll be an announcement at comic-con maybe that's why it's been so quiet but uh, it seemed like that thing kind of ran hot for a little bit and then there's been like a a long period of no news um but the one interesting bit of news i found was scott scott m gimple uh scott m period gimple uh, was interviewed somewhere, and <laughs> he said that he has no involvement in the spinoff. Like, he's not showrunning or exec producing or anything the spinoff, which I thought was interesting. I, I guess being a showrunner, I, I, I imagine you, you're, all of your attention has to go on the show that you're working on, but I was curious if, they were, if he was, there was going to be any bleed over there, but I guess Kirkman and Gail Ann Hurd, I guess, are, are probably, I'm assuming Nicotero as well, are probably going to, maybe do double duty between the two shows, but I, I just found that interesting. That certainly seems to be the case. Um, I think looking at something like Breaking Bad, which has its Better, Saul, Better Call Saul spinoff happening, that's coming after, you know, Breaking Bad has ended, so Vince Gilligan can move, showrunner of that show, creator, can Vince Gilligan can move on from there, and he could also still, you know, be like a producer on that just because he's had a hand in creating that character and, you know, the world that goes around it. Something like The Walking Dead, it's not Gimple's baby. It's Robert Kirkman's True. baby, essentially. So it's it seems more more of his business to be involved in that show rather than Gimple, who is already probably having as tough a time as he can to make sure that he has his current show working as well as it does. I, I definitely think we're going to see something at Comic Con about the spinoff, even if it's just some you know like a little teaser trailer with some um, you know title card art or something. I think we're definitely going to see something at Comic Con. It seems like the the best place to debut something like that, especially since we had the news of the spinoff, what, like a year and a half ago, maybe? Yep. Now? So we've yeah. had quite a long time yeah. to deal with the idea of it existing in some form. Yeah, and they would be, have been in production long enough to at least have something to sh- you know to cut even into a teaser trailer or whatever. So. 
if Marvel yeah. can announce Phase Three of their films, and we can get like a hint at what the spinoff of Walking Dead's going to be. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He and he was pretty noncommittal about like a crossover and stuff like that too. He's just like, "Hey, that's their baby. I'll be open to do whatever they want to do, but I don't really have anything to share, you know, about what they're doing with that show." So. I mean, he 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 did come come out and say, "I'm pretty sure it's not going to be about like Daryl's cousin or something like that." So uh, he may have some knowledge, but it just sounds like for the most part they're kind of developing that off apart from him. And and granted, especially this time of year, I mean, he he's probably busier than all get out. I mean, between filming, editing, writing, promotions, Comic Con coming up, I mean, he's got to be just you know twenty hour day man right now. Exactly. Yeah, I would think it would behoove them to have a different showrunner and probably a different, you know, a different, you know, uh, production staff on on the other show, you know, rather and than surely, sh- surely Nicotero has plenty of proteges that have followed his work, so they can we can continue to get the you know the qualities Walker Gore entertainment factor that you get from this show. Right. Well, speaking of Greg Nicotero, he won a Saturn Award, uh, the George Powell Memorial Award. Uh, Saturn Awards are, are uh, for, you know, ex, ex, um, genre based. Uh, genre, yeah, they're based on science fiction and fantasy uh, awards. But uh, he couldn't make it to the, uh, the ceremony, but he filmed a really cool clip that's avail- also available on our um, Facebook group if you want to check it out. It was pretty funny. He uh, not only had some co- good zombie kills in the uh, acceptance speech, but he um, shouted out Pittsburgh. So I was very pleased. <laughs> But again, it's available on our Facebook group, The Walking Dead TV Podcast. You can see it there. It's, it's a pretty funny video. Awesome. And uh, I guess Melissa McBride, uh, Gimple was saying, won a Saturn Award, too, for Best was it Supporting Actress, I think. Yeah, I believe we mentioned that on the uh, our commentary episode, actually. That's very true. Yeah, she did uh, uh-huh. win a, win a, win a uh, Saturn Award for her performance on Walking Dead, which is well-deserved from our perspective. I think she mm-hmm. did a terrific job. Yeah. Absolutely. One thing we do know that's going to be announced at San Diego Comic-Con, I think it's pretty cool, are these um, Walking Dead, uh, they're called Walking Dead Blocks from uh, McFarlane Toys. They aren't blocks like Legos or what have you. They're more blocks like city blocks. Uh, They're like little self-contained, like dioramas, you know, play sets or whatever you want to call them. Um, There's one that's going to include Daryl on his chopper. There's one of the governor's room in the prison tower. Um, they're, uh, they're going to be the same, they're going to be set in the same scale as the, uh, the figures they've already released, um, and come with, you know, their own zombies and like, you know, if you look at the pictures, I'll post them on the, on the Facebook group. If you look at the pictures, it just looks like the sets pretty much from the walking dead. You have the prison tower and, um, the, the, the detail of course, cause their McFarlane toys is insane. Um. But yeah, they they look really cool, and they're going to be debuting in San Diego this year. Nice. Now, do we know one of the things? Just when they were showing some behind the scenes stuff, and with uh, Hardwick on set, and they interviewed a bunch of folks on that special, uh, it looked like Nicotero. I heard him say "cut" or something like that. Is he? Do we know if he's filming? If he's the director on the pilot, or not the pilot, but the premiere episode of season five? I don't think we have that knowledge, but I'm sure he's you know directing a couple episodes as he as he's done. Yeah, I was just I was curious if. Uh, yeah, I, I tried doing some searching and I didn't see anything that had been publicly released. So, 
was curious. So we've been we've been pretty uh, favorable to Greg Nicotero directed episodes in general. Yeah, which odd are generally more character focused episodes, which seems to happen. What else? Oh, another uh, I guess reported thing that I heard. Uh, it was an interview with Norman Reedus and. He was talking about, you know, characters dying. And I know there's been a lot of like crazy rumor stuff that that Daryl dies this season or in the in the opener or something like that. There's been a lot of craziness. But he said, oh, yeah, I'm paraphrasing, but it was basically, yeah, if they kill me off on the show, you'll definitely know it because I'll probably like burn down my trailer. Um, (laughs) So if if during filming you see, you know, a trailer or, you know, a big fire off in the distance somewhere, then you'll know I got clipped. Uh, off the show or something like that, which I thought was kind of funny. It was as if a, thou- if a million Dixon's vixens all cried out and then were silenced. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Uh, but that's that's good. To- I like when I hear stuff like that because, you know, sometimes you can never tell with some of these actors where it's like, is it genuine or is it just is it just a job? And I mean, I, you know, to some degree, I don't I don't really blame them too much if it's like, hey, this is just a job I do. You know, I get up, I go to work. This is what I do. Um, and I like to be challenged and I like to do different things. So it's not a big deal. But when somebody goes out of their way of being so elaborate and so, uh, specific about how they feel about, uh, you know, getting cut out of a show that, that shows me that they, uh, you you know, that there's something there and something, you know, genuine and not just like, Hey, I'm just showing up to collect my paycheck. It's gotta be a blast for him though, to be on such a popular show. He's one of the most popular characters on the show. You know, yeah. it's just got to be a total blast for him to, to do, you know, and granted, they're probably sweating their, you know, respective butts off down there in, in Atlanta or whatever. But I mean, I don't know. It's got to be incredibly gratifying to know that you have that big of an audience and that big of a following and, and that you're an integral part of that story and that people care about your character you know, so much as they do and everything. So even beyond the, um, you know, pretty large paycheck, I'm sure they get for it. So. Yeah. Yeah. Which I'm sure doesn't hurt. Mm-hmm. Nope. Now there weren't. I think were they just nominated for one Emmy? That was it out of the whole. And wasn't it like some kind of special effects Emmy? I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So nothing. It's kind of discouraging. I mean, I think some of the performances are worthy of of nomination. Um, but I I think I don't know. It just seems seems odd. The, Emmy, the Emmys this year in general seemed just kind of odd. I thought. I mean. Orphan Black got shut out, which I thought was kind of a travesty. There's a whole other discussion we can gog about about the Emmys and what's not in there (laughs) versus what it is. But it's, I mean, suffice it to say, uh, I wasn't expecting Walking Dead to get, you know, major nominations. Maybe, yeah, obviously the, you know, effects ones make a lot of sense. Perhaps even, I don't know, some direction ones, just because I do think, regardless of the plotting of the show, I think that, you know, the production of it's certainly always solid, so... That's sure, something that sure. could, could get recognized, along with the fact that it is, you know, one of the more popular shows on television. So, it, you know, it's the kind of thing, it is a show about zombies. So I think that, you know, might turn off a lot of, you know, any voters, however that process works. Sure, sure. Uh, what else? What else do we have to talk about? Um, oh, commentaries. So uh, we had the poll. We did, obviously, we've done a commentary on The Grove. I think the second place vote getter was claimed, if I'm not mistaken. I think you're right. It sounds right. Yes. So which one is claimed? 
That was the one where Daryl runs with the uh, the gang. With the, you know, claimed. Yeah. Claimed. That's okay. Yeah, that's what I figured. Yeah, okay. What's the subplot in that one? <laughs> I'm trying to think. <laughs> Uh, so, like I said, next episode, I'm sure, will be Comic-Con-related uh, news, trailer news. Uh, Aaron will, will give us his first-hand account. I think after that, we'll definitely do another commentary. I'm, I'm sure between now and October, we'll have several commentaries. I think one of the things we wanted to do, and we typically do this every off-season or try to, is get in some kind of comic-focused episode. And one of the ones we've been toying around with doing, and I, I've fallen a little bit behind on the comic, um, as of late, so I'm itching to catch up, and this will be a good excuse to get caught up. Uh, but they did the 12-part all-out war recently, and there's been a lot of talk about this character of Nagin, and that story involves deals with him heavily. So, uh, Jim, have you have you read All All Out War yet? Are you caught up with that? I am not. I, I get him in trades, so I am behind. Aaron, have you have you kept up with All Out War? I'm as, I'm behind as well because I read the hardcovers when they come out. Cool. So we'll see what we can do about getting caught up, all of us, um, or as many of us as we can. And then it's twelve it's twelve issues. So unless it's just like balls to the walls action from start to finish, it may be two episodes. Um, depending if we can maybe kind of sum it up and talk about it, maybe we'll just do one. Um, but I'm I'm actually anxious to talk about that. I think that's kind of been the biggest thing in the comics that's happened in quite some time. I mean, they, the comic went. Uh, semi-monthly during that run, which and Adler did the pencils on all of it. Uh, he just switched off with different inkers, which I thought was pretty crazy. So I'm I'm really curious to to read that and and get caught up. So so sometime between uh, August and October, we'll definitely have that. And then, like always, as we get closer to the air date, more and more news is going to come out. More and more videos are going to come out, interviews, etc. Uh, and we'll probably pick up the pace a little bit on episodes coming out. And then, of course, once once the season starts in October, we'll be back to being weekly. Um, and all will be well with the world of the Walking Dead TV podcast once again. And Ooh, claimed is uh, claimed is the episode where where Rick encounters that group of people for the first time and then sneaks away from them stealthily. Oh. And then we, and we also meet, um, Tara, we meet Abraham and the gang. Like we kind of interact with them for the first time after, after oh. we see them. That's, that's, that's claimed. Okay. Thanks for clearing that up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Cause I remember claimed. It was like, is that the name of the episode too? It's like, really? It really burnt that into the ground by naming it claimed. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> But yeah, show show can't come back to soon enough. I guess we <laughs> get this show back on the. All right, now it's time to pay the bills at the Walking Dead TV podcast. This episode, as always, is sponsored by Discount Comic Book Service. That's DCBService.com, where you can save a ton of money on all your new comics, trades, graphic novels, um, and cool tchotchkes. Especially if you're into the Walking Dead, they've always got posters, T-shirts, statues, all kinds of really cool stuff related to the Walking Dead on sale uh, over at DCBService.com. Uh, this month, a special note, uh, Walking Dead Hardcover 10, which is going to spotlight All Out War. So if you want to grab that in anticipation for our f upcoming coverage of All Out War, uh, definitely pick that up. Um, as well as all new Marvel trade paperbacks and hardcovers are all 50% off, uh, as they are every month. There are tons of special deals on a lot of number ones that are 50% off. 
um, and tons of other discounts available. So head on over to the website, dcbservice.com. Again, if you're into the digital comics, uh, you can link your Comixology account and earn 5% back, which is always great. Um, and as well as check out their sister site, In Stock Trades. If you're just into trades and hardcovers and things like that, you can get plenty over there at InStockTrades.com. Uh, so again, we thank Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com, for their continued support of the Walking Dead TV podcast. Okay, so the last bit of business I think that we have um, is during the YouTube, the live YouTube show. That's why it's important, people. You should watch the watch everything. We ha had a contest for those that participated in the show, whether it was just to say hi or ask a question or uh, make a comment on the uh, on the Google Hangout that we streamed over to YouTube live, which was a lot of fun. And I'm, I think we'll we'll probably do that again. I I'm not sure when. Maybe for the premiere we may do that again. Uh, that was a lot of fun. I know people like kind of putting names with faces. And hopefully by then I'll have real adult internet and folks can see what I look like, as scary as that may or may not be. But we had we had uh, several participants, um, and I'm just going to choose one at random, and the winner can contact me, and we will get them uh, a copy of Rise of the Governor paperback signed by the author, and we will get it shipped out to them. So here we go. So the winner of the book is Everard Santa Maria, longtime listener, contributor to the Facebook page. Congratulations, hey. um, Everard. If you will email Russ at hhwlod.com, I would be happy to reach out to you or send me a, a private message on Facebook or something like that. Um, but Russ at hhwlod.com, send me your uh, physical address of where you want the book mailed to, and we will try and get that out to you shortly. Congratulations. That's a cool, it's a cool prize. Yeah, we still have a few more goodies uh, in the prize bag, uh, book-wise, for the Rise of the Governor stuff. So uh, maybe between now and then, maybe the, we'll we'll try and sneak another contest in there at some point. So keep an eye on the Facebooks, the Twitters, and of course the feed itself, and we'll try and uh, we'll try and do some more something cool for the next set of goodies that we have. Sweet, cool. Um, real quick before we go away, I wanted to mention on uh, Netflix there's a couple of, there are a couple of documentaries that if you're zombie inclined you're really probably going to enjoy. Uh, the first is called Birth of the Living Dead, and it's all a, a uh, documentary kind of detailing the creation of the original Night of the Living Dead by George Romero, which kind of started this whole modern zombie uh, genre that we're such big fans of now. Uh, and the other one is called Doc of the Dead, and it's more of a look at the zombie in pop culture as it's kind of evolved from back in the, you know, from being like a, a voodoo type thing into, you know, what we know of as, you know, considered zombies now, both on Netflix, both worth watching. If you're a zombie fan, um, I, I definitely would recommend them. There's also a, um, a documentary making the rounds on video on demand right now called the image revolution. Uh, I just watched it on video on demand and the whole latter half of that movie, uh, it's all about image comics, the publishers of the walking dead and the latter, um, like third or, or quarter of that movie is uh, mostly about Robert Kirkman and about how he stuck to his guns and how he tricked Image into printing The Walking Dead to begin with, which is kind of a cool story. Um, it, it was it was interesting and well worth watching. It's called The Image Revolution. Cool, very very cool. Yeah, I want I haven't been able to check out the the of the dead docs yet, but I really want to. They've been on the top of my of my my list for a bit now yeah oh and i guess it 
I'm going to try and post this up ASAP, so hopefully it won't be too late, but AMC is doing another one of their behind-the-scenes thing, and I think on the 15th of July they're doing the one on, I think it's the zombie school, where they kind of go behind the scenes of how they, you know, do the makeup and the effects and go through the whole zombie school process. Uh, and I think Chris Hardwick is going to play a big part in that, so you might keep an eye out for that. Um, and the, the other documentary, would, or the other behind-the-scenes, uh, I think that dove into Season 5, I actually missed that one, so I'm sure AMC will be replaying all that stuff. So keep an eye out on uh, on AMC for that that stuff as well. Cool. Anybody else got anything else? Um, I can add something real quick. It's not Walking Dead related necessarily, but it is a post-apocalyptic related just because i'm i've been watching the tv series falling skies for the past few years now and that's returned it's currently on tv tnt and that's the alien invasion series and um, i i'm covering it just like i cover the walking dead in written form on a weekly basis i'm doing that for the young um and i just want to throw out there that i really i really enjoy this show every <laughs> every chance every time it comes back for like the summer for like what 10 weeks or whatever it uh yeah. continues to impress me um, and does certain things better than The Walking Dead. Walking Dead does a lot of things better than Falling Skies. Like, and none of them are you know, really nailing the post-apocalyptic world aesthetic um, perfectly. It's some, it's something like I don't know, Mad Max or something like that. But I mean, they they certainly have their 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 pluses. And uh, Falling Skies is just one for you know people that are in between things of Walking Dead not being on right now. If they want a fix of that kind of nature, that's certainly a show that I'd recommend. I, I watched season one and then I fell behind uh, and I know it's on Amazon Instant Prime seasons two and three. Yeah. Uh, and so I'd like to, to get caught up because I did. I, I like Noah Wiley uh, and I, I like what I saw of season one. I guess the, if we're tying up the AMC related, uh, I, I guess since we're closing out, I'll go a little off topic, but still AMC related. Have you guys been watching Halt and Catch Fire? I have. No, it's uh, sorry. It, it's pretty good. I mean, it's definitely steeped in the 80s, so there's a lot of cool references. And, I, you know, I was just, uh, I was a young geek just getting into computers and technology right around that time. So it, it's kind of cool to, to see how antiquated things were and just how, you know, the state of computers in 1983 was. I mean, it, it's really, it, it's really interesting. And the, the main character is kind of like a... Um, a it's Lee Pace who's playing Ronan the Accuser in Guardians of the Galaxy, and he's just uh, a great actor he, in general. Yeah, yeah, he's he's very much like a Don Draper character. So, like, if you like Mad Men, there's kind of that quality to uh, to to this Joe McMillan character where he you don't really you know his past is a bit of a mystery, and he's kind of uh, you're not sure if he's really just a con artist or if he really knows what he's talking about. But it's it's really good. The performances I think are really solid. Uh, and I'm 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 really interested where it goes. I don't know how the how it's doing ratings wise, or if if it if it has a chance to come back. But uh, but again, it, you know, between AMC, FX, um, you know, the cable stations are pretty much ruling it for me these days. So yeah, and the um, well, I guess on Halt and Catch Fire, real quick, I, I I've been enjoying it. I certainly think the acting's the thing that holds it together the best because I do think the performances yeah. are strong from the characters. I would say this is a fun reference for those that remember, but um, I think Halt and Catch Fire is to Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip as Silicon Valley was to 30 Rock when both of those shades <laughs> came on back in the day. Wow. Where, where I think Silicon Valley did something very similar and obviously in a lot more humorous fashion and I think better so far than what 
a Halt and Catch Fire is accomplishing, but it's still a show that I'm enjoying watching right now. That's about as TV geeky as I can get, as far as references and all that go. <laughs> Uh, oh, cool. if that said, the strain premieres tomorrow or tonight, tomorrow, tomorrow, tonight, tonight. <laughs> like hours from now. Then I'm really like excited now. about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like literally, <laughs> it's about to start. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Probably wanted to catch. All right. But, uh, well, I guess that's it. I, I guess maybe. Um, I guess we probably wouldn't be doing it so soon, but. And I guess we can't call it Breaking Mad, but but Jordan and I maybe we'll do it Halting Mad or something like that uh, <laughs> before Mad Men starts again. We'll do a kind of an AMC centric show um, it, during one of the hiatuses. So we'll, we'll we'll see. But anyway, so like I said, short kind of short episode uh, this time around. Uh, you know, definitely check out, keep an eye on the Facebook groups. Go to hhwlod.com. Check out the YouTube channel if you missed the live show. Go to the YouTube channel. Go to youtube.com slash HHWLOD network and you can check that out and see all our lovely mugs, or most of our lovely mugs, I should say, uh, on the YouTubes. Uh, and uh, un- until next time, we will see you, see you again on the Walking Dead TV podcast. I think we can throw in a Until the Dead Walk the Earth thing in there. Jim, why don't you throw that one in there? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, yeah. On so the remember, yes, yeah, <laughs> like, not around, everybody's <laughs> slacking on it. Um, okay. Until there's no more room in hell and the dead must walk the earth, remember. Terminus, come for the lovely scenery. Stay for the delicious barbecue.